Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Nuggets Perspective. Thank you everyone who has been listening in to um, the podcast recently. This is obviously going to be episode number four. Um, thank you to everyone who does listen, and um, please go and share and follow if you can. If you can't, just listen will be fine enough. I uh, hope everyone's having a great week so far. I know I am, especially after last night. Um, if no one's seen it, I'll let you know about it. Um, the mighty Penrith Panthers uh, beat the Parramatta Chokers in the semi-final last night, uh, 8-6. And, boy, it was a good game, hard-fought game by both teams. But I'm guessing, obviously, Panthers are just the superior team of the night. And I don't give a crap what any other Parramatta fan wants to say. Me, 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 the refs won the game for you. Shut up. Enjoy your mad Monday, dogs, and better luck next year. Best in the West forever. <laughs> Anyway, then let's bring on Melbourne next week and fucking flog them too. And then hopefully Rabbits get over Manly so then we can get a bit of redemption of them in the grand final. Alright, so today's episode of the Nuggets Perspective is going to be about fatherhood. And just my perspective on (coughs) fatherhood. Obviously I have three children so I'd say I know a fair bit about being a father and... um, yeah, and hopefully whatever I say today, hopefully might be able to help any of my mates who are becoming fathers or any mates who are fathers who um just really think the same way I do. Who knows, people might not have the same perspective on um how they're a father and how they do things, how they felt when certain things happen when they're um, with their children, etc., etc. Everyone's different. This is just my perspective on um being a father. So I think probably I'll start from the very beginning. Um, obviously met my lovely wife, Caitlin, and um, we then on went on to um, having our first child, Sunny. Now, it's very weird when you find out that um, your wife's uh, pregnant, or she wasn't my wife at the time, she was my partner, um, when my partner was pregnant, it's, I don't know, it just didn't feel real. The whole thing didn't feel real. It was just like, oh, yeah, yep, just going with daily life because nothing really changed. You're still doing the same old things, staying up late, watching telly, blah, 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 eating what food you want, just really going out, not like going out, out, but just like going out and enjoying yourselves and all that, going to the movies, going out for dinner, everything like that. And, yeah, just for nine months, it was just really it didn't seem real obviously towards the end it started getting pretty real and I'd put my hand on um my wife Caitlin's belly and it would just bloody you'd feel I'd feel my son move in there and everything like that kick my pan and all that and just really weird feeling and I, I probably still didn't feel like it was a real real thing at the time I just didn't I just probably didn't know what was coming to be honest um Obviously, being a young father, it was only 21 when my son was born. So, being a young father, it's it's pretty you're pretty going to things pretty green. But I remember um, when it was getting really close. I think my my son was a week over, and we were like, "Oh God, when's this kid gonna come already?" And I remember we just booked in to get um, 
get, get induced. And I remember the day of when we were getting induced, it still didn't feel real. We actually, we went and had lunch and everything like that. Um, the day of it, when my wife was getting induced and went into the hospital that afternoon and me being obviously not knowing how things work, I thought once she's induced, the baby's going to come straight away. But she got induced that afternoon and then I remember they're like, okay, we'll have to check it another 24 hours. And I'm sitting there going, oh, another fucking 24 hours, seriously? And obviously my wife's going through it. She's going to be in more pain than I am and here I am complaining, but you'll probably hear a fair, fair bit of that during this podcast. Um, but yeah, I remember sitting there, oh, they had the most, the one thing I remember from the fucking hospital with my, with my son or with all my kids, the one thing I'll never, never fucking forget is their chairs, the hospital lounge chairs. It's literally just a hard wooden chair with leather over the top of it. it. There's no cushioning whatsoever in that motherfucker. It's just the most uncomfortable chair. And like, oh, it was so bad, so fucking bad. My back was done after, I don't know, I know everyone listening probably going, your wife had to fucking try and give birth and everything like that. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but my back was sore from that fucking lounge chair. It was horrible. Anyway, so I remember the morning, the next morning, I was like, getting, I was starting to get a bit pumped. I was like, oh, all right, sweet, sweet. My kid's going to be here today. My kid's going to be here today. And I remember all day, they're just going back and forth, blah, blah, blah. Then the, when she was in, wait, did I, was I saying induced or induction? I can't remember. I hope I wasn't saying induction. Um, induced when she was getting, so she was getting induced. And I remember they took us over to the birthing suite and it was just, Go like my poor wife had to go for it for thirteen hours, like just um, dilating, etc., etc. Hope she doesn't mind me talking about this, um, but yeah, she was just getting sick, feeling sick from the pain. I had to get the epidural. Um, There's obviously a long needle in her back, and then it just obviously she was under too much stress, and my son was under too much stress, so the midwives ended up saying all right, we're just going to have to go for a C-section. And this is where it got really scary for me and obviously petrified for my wife. So they took us down to the theatre, sitting, they're like, all right, we're going to take Caitlin in. She's going to get raw. We're going to get her ready and everything like that. Um, you go put your scrubs on. And then you they put me in this room, like this room literally by myself, quietest room. I had all my scrubs on. They said, all right, we won't be long. I'll come get you. So I'm sitting there, nervous as all shit. And I shit you not, half an hour passed and I'm still sitting there and no one's come out to get me. And I'm sitting there going, all these thoughts start running through my head. I was thinking, oh, fuck, like obviously thinking the worst. Bloody, I'm going to be a single father, et cetera, et cetera. Or my baby hasn't made it. Like all the worst stuff running through my head because I've never been in that position in my life before. Oh, God, I was sweaty. My arms were sweaty. My ass was sweaty. Everything was sweaty. And I remember just sitting there. Then I remember all of a sudden I seen the midwife walk out by herself and my heart dropped and I went, oh no. And I stood up and I was like, what's going on? And she's like, oh, we've, we've had to put her under as the um, anesthetic or the epidural ran out and she could feel it. So they had to put her under and once they put her under, I'm not allowed in the room. So I had to sit out there for another half an hour. It felt, it was probably an hour and a half, or hour, close to an hour and a half I was sitting in that room by myself and it felt like a fucking eternity, I'm telling you not, it felt so long, 
I was sitting in there just thinking the worst. I was just, oh, I, I don't know if anyone's seen me. My face was pale. I was just sitting there with my hands, my head in my lap, just oh, thinking the worst. It was the most horrible feeling. And then I remember after that bit, I was going, oh, something has to happen soon. Then I remember my hearing a small faint of crying. I was like, oh, what's that? And I remember that the door opens up and there's the two midwives walking out with my son on this table and on this table thing. And it's the most weirdest feeling I've ever had that over came over my body. Like I've never felt this before. Like I'm not one person. That sh- I'm not a person that shows much emotions much. Like any you ask anyone that not a person that shows emotions that much. And I remember just sitting there, and they passed me my son, and I don't know what happened to me. I just started bawling my eyes out. I've never felt such happiness in my life. It was the most amazing feeling bloody getting teared just thinking about it now but I remember just sitting there standing there bawling my eyes out looking at my son and he was looking up at me and then I remember I looked at the midwife bawling my eyes out and she was a little blubbering mess looked at her saying thank you thank you and I asked how my wife was and they said she's fine she's just recovering um obviously they had to put her under um and I remember just I couldn't get over my son. I was sitting there, and I remember because my wife got um was put under. I had I uh, they obviously I had to go back to the maternity ward with my son by myself, and I remember sitting in this room where they do the checkups, and I remember they said, "Oh, well, look, we're just going to leave you alone with your son for a bit, so you can spend some time with him, some quality one-on-one time with him." And I remember just sitting there, and I remember calling my dad, calling my mum, calling Caitlin's father. Um, Caitlin's mother was at the hospital and I remember just sitting there staring into my son's blue eyes and just still bawling my eyes out and I just looked at him and just saying I'm just said to him I'm going to do whatever I can to give you the best life mate and yeah it was one of the best feelings I've ever felt in the world and obviously I'm sure anyone who has become a father or is going to become a father trust me it's the best feeling in the world and don't take it for granted. It's so great, and it's if I that's the only reason I've probably could I could have millions of kids is just obviously my wife wouldn't like that because <laughs> she'd have her poor body would have to go through it. But just to just to have that feeling over and over again, it's, it's pure ecstasy. It's better than any drug in the world. It 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 melts your heart, and this this little thing sitting in your arms just looking at you and you know you've got to look after that thing for the rest of their life it's so hard to believe um it's just amazing it's just it's 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 hard to describe words can't describe the feeling um all I can say is to all my mates and whoever's listening to this when you become a father I can't wait to, if I catch up with any of you after you've become fathers, I can't wait to ask you how was that feeling when your kids were born and oh, it's amazing and obviously there's people out there who obviously have the opposite where things don't go to plan and everything like that and obviously the child doesn't make it or someone else doesn't make it through and my heart goes out to them like uh, I wish you nothing but happiness and everything for the rest of your lives um, I couldn't imagine that feeling I know when we found out later that when my son was born, he wasn't breathing for five minutes due to my wife being put under. Um, he wasn't born, he wasn't breathing for five minutes and they had to resuscitate him and I'm so glad I found that out after and not 
Um, I wasn't in there to witness that because I wouldn't have known what to do. That would have, I would have just shut down. To be honest, I wouldn't have known what to do in that situation. And luckily, the midwives were amazing at that hospital. The midwives were so good, so good. So yeah, so obviously that, I had my first child, and then my second, my daughter came around, Mahali, and she was a cesarean as well. And I remember. When she was born, she was the tiny. She only weighed two point five kilos. She was the tiniest little thing, and it's a big difference from when you have a son to when you have a daughter. It's just uh, you feel overwhelmed, and you feel like, oh god, I'm gonna have to protect this thing for the rest of her life. She's she's my little girl, and then I had my other daughter Sadie recently, and God, I remember that that was probably our most um, easiest, or my wife's most easiest pregnancy going through that one I remember um when she was born my wife cried with happiness just because it was over with because she just wanted to get get it over and done with and like I said the midwives at the hospital were amazing and it was just so yeah so it's it's, it's, so obviously I've got three kids and all of them are beautiful and all of them are healthy at the moment so I'm, I'm hoping not so sorry not at the moment I'm hoping forever um but yeah, it's it changes you with each kid. You have to really learn to adapt to each situation. With my son, with my son, everything. Well, with my son, he probably poor bugger. We probably because he was the firstborn. We were probably the harshest on him. No soft drink, nothing. Um, he only had he had bottles, and then he went on to um, went on to soft foods like yogurt and stuff like that and the pouches and then we we wouldn't let him have coke for a long time lollies or nothing we were just trying to be healthy blah 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 no mcdonald's nothing it was yeah poor bastard probably took it he was probably like he's the test run so that was the hard part he's the test run you say he's a test run but with each kid, they each person each kid has their own personality, and it makes it hard to really suit each per- kid's personality. Like my son is the most caring, sweetest, loving little boy. Like he, he has a heart of gold, and he gets hurt very easily. But then there's my daughter Marlu, who's an absolute bitch. Like she, she doesn't give a fuck about anyone's feelings. Like I have a sketchbook that I like to draw in. And she she ripped the pages out. And I said, oh, Marley, that hurts daddy's feelings when you rip that out. And she laughed and walked away. She, she knows how to hurt your feelings. She's So, look, I'm not worried about my daughter Marley when she grows up. She, I reckon she's going to run a company with her attitude. Um, my daughter Sadie, she's the third baby, the third baby. If anyone has three kids out there, I hope you can connect with me. The third child is the fucking best. She sleeps the whole night through. She's so happy. She barely cries. Oh, she's just amazing. She eats everything. She's a chubby, she's a chubby baby. Eats everything. No dramas whatsoever. The other two, they eat on and off. It's so hard to get your kids to eat. So, yeah, look, each kid comes with different ways you have different ways you have to adapt on being a father. Like with my daughters, if my daughter wants to do makeup, I'll do makeup with my daughter. I'll paint her nails. I'll do all this with her. I'll sit down. She can do my makeup. That's just being a part of a father. And I'm not going to lie. If there's fathers out there who say, I'm not wearing makeup, blah, blah, blah. 
you need to toughen the fuck up. It look you look like a soft cunt when you're not wearing your makeup. If you wear tough, if your daughter wants you to be a princess, act like a princess, you act like a princess. See, on the other hand, my son, he's into superheroes and everything. I'll spend a good 10 minutes, 25 minutes in his room pretending I'm Venom, turning into Venom and Carnage, and we're just fighting and bashing the shit out of each other, and he puffs me out, and then that kid has so much energy. I'm there at the end of the day puffing. I'm like, oh, Dad Dad needs a break, mate, and he's like, no, no, let's keep going, let's keep going. I'm like, no, go go attack your mother. And then my little, my littlest one, she's just, she melts your heart. She, you can't get angry at her. She just gives you a little side smile and she crawling, she's crawling at the moment. So yeah, there's lots of things when it comes to being a father that are hard to adjust to. Like, look, one of them is discipline. So do I smack my kids? Yes, I smack my kids. Do I think it's good to smack children? Obviously, on the bottom and everything like that, never on the head, never, never on the head and never with hard force. I only smack my children on the bottom or on their hands if they're being naughty. And to tell you what, once I smack my children, you give me five minutes, I'm giving them all the cuddles and hugs in the world because I feel like the biggest fucking prick you'll ever meet. As soon as I smack my kids, I feel like an asshole. It just, I feel horrible because I think, oh God, I don't want them to be petrified of me. That's the hardest part. I think, oh, I don't want them to be scared of me. So as soon as I smack them, I give part, five minutes past, I'll just go have a nice chat with them and explain to them why I smack them and et cetera, et cetera, and why they shouldn't be doing what they're doing. And hopefully they learn from that. I learn from that. I've learned from them a lot. If I've smacked my children, I've learned that, okay, maybe I shouldn't have smacked them then and there. Maybe I should have just yelled at them. So that's 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 the part as a father it's find really hard. Like I've had times where I've just yelled at my kids, but then I'm driving to work and obviously sitting driving to work is when I think and everything like that. So I'm driving to work and I just think, oh, why did I say that to them? Or why did I why did I yell at them in this way? I might have ruined their self confidence. It's it's these are the things I think of as being a father. I drive and I go, oh God, I hope I haven't ruined their self confidence by yelling at them. And then I'll just think about that the whole way to work, and I'll feel horrible all day. I know I shouldn't, but it's just something that goes through my head. And then I just can't wait to get home and give them a cuddle and really play with them and everything like that. And there's just things like being a father, like. I'm 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 sure other fathers probably think it, but I, I know I think is that am I d- doing enough to be the best dad I can be? And I, to be honest, I work fucking hard to get to give my kids the life they've got at the moment, and I'm, I'm always going to strive to give my kids an easy life. I know that sounds bad, but I want my kids to have enjoy their lives because there's kids out there who have fuck all and. It's just not nice to see. I want my kids to enjoy their lives. And look, I'm not saying that they're going to cruise through life and get everything they wanted. They're going to work for what they got. When they get older, I'm going to make them work for what they got. But if I can take my kids to the zoo, take my kids to the aquarium, to movie world, whenever I get the chance, I'm going to fucking do that. I'm not going to pass up the opportunity to to spend that time with my kids because you never know when today's your last day. I'm always going to spend that time with my children and if it means me spending a bit of money to go out somewhere and have a blast, I'm going to fucking do that. I really don't care. Um, I'll do whatever I can to see a smile on my kids' faces. The face on my kids, when you take them to movie world and they see Bugs Bunny and all the characters, it's it's worth every cent, 
It's worth every fucking cent. Just seeing that on their faces. My kids are my everything. And a lot of people would know that. Um, my kids are my world. I do. I would do anything for my children. And yeah, it's just, there's, it's, it's, it's a hard thing because people say don't spoil your kids, but I've got to say, I, <laughs> Christmas time and birthdays are the worst for me because I love giving and I'm never going to stop giving. My kids, my wife, mostly my kids, I spoil them rotten and it's, I really don't care that I spoil them rotten. It's just, they deserve it. They deserve everything in the world. And that most fathers probably think that, and who knows, other fathers might think different, but I know for a fact I'm going to spoil my kids. And it's, it's just, um, it's just how I feel. It's just how I think that I'm excelling as a father. I know that sounds bad, but like, I could, the good thing is, is I buy, if I buy them toys, I know that it's toys that I can sit down with them and play with them with. And like, my son loves action figures. We sit in his room. He has, we tried to make a, we, we, we did, sorry, we didn't try. We made a YouTube channel where it's just him playing with his toys and he loves that so much. So there's, it's, there's different points of view and look, being a father is really, it's a full-time job. Obviously, being a mother is a full-time job as well. But if I had the chance to give up work and just stay home with my kids, I would in a heartbeat. If I had the money to do that, I would just stay home with my kids 24-7 and just watch them grow. That's the most amazing thing, being a father. It's watching your kids learn and grow from life. It's just so awesome to watch like my son's starting primary school next year like I can't get over that like he's growing up so quick it's just crazy to think of and see that like and my daughter she's so self-efficient now she oh Marley she's just does what she can she doesn't take crap from no one which I love she doesn't care if you're fucking two times bigger than her she'll let you know about it she has the attitude on her that I think is going to take her really far in life and God help any boy that wants to date her because you don't know what you're in for, mate. <laughs> like, that's one thing I'm going to tell my kids when I get old, when they get older is, look, as long as you're honest with me and tell me the truth, I'm not going to be angry. But obviously, if it's fucking something that I should be angry about, like you stealing or bullying someone, then I'm going to get angry. But if they're honest with me and tell me where they are, like if they, they're 16, they're going out with their mates, tell me where you are. Tell me if you're drinking. If you're drinking, tell them to come to my house. I'd rather you drink at my house than drink out somewhere where I don't know where it is. That's one thing. I'm just make sure my kids, I'm honest with my kids. I want my kids to tell me everything when they're older. I want my kids not to hide stuff from me. I want my daughter to come to me and talk about her boyfriend or girlfriend. Either way, I don't care what she... What That's another thing. I wouldn't care if she was gay or not when she's older. It doesn't matter to me. All that matters is if my kids are open with me. That's one thing 
as a father, I'm going to strive for is that my kids are open with me and they're honest with me and they tell me their problems. They talk about their problems so I can help them in any way I can with their problems because like people know me, if people who know me know I'm not big on emotions. Like I probably wish I showed more emotion to like, I don't know, when I was younger and everything like that, but I'm not a big emotional guy. The only time my children have seen me cry is when we were moving to Queensland and I was moving, it was the day of I was coming up by myself and my wife and kids stayed in New South Wales for three weeks. When saying goodbye to my kids, I cried. I was hugging them and crying and they looking at me going, why are you crying, daddy? And they started crying because they'd never seen me cry before. And I was just emotional because I wasn't going to see my kids for three weeks. And that's a hard thing for a father to do. Like, obviously, that's how I, I find, I feel for those people who are FIFOs, who fly in, fly out, all those people that um, obviously are having troubles with their wife or ex-missus and they can't see their sons and their, all the sons and daughters. That's one thing that I find so difficult being a father is, not seeing my kids, I could not imagine it. Luckily, I have a beautiful wife who we love our children. We have a healthy, good relationship. And I see my kids every day, obviously. But those three weeks where I didn't see my kids were fucking tough. They were tough. Like, I know I'm one not one not to whinge because there's people out there who probably haven't seen their kids for a year, probably possibly even more. And I, my heart goes out to them. And all I can say is keep fighting. I'm sure you'll see them one day and I'm sure they haven't forgotten their father. I promise you that. Um, but yeah, those three weeks were so hard and I remember I was so excited the day they were moving, the day they were coming here. I just couldn't get over it. And I remember just um, seeing the car when it pulled up on the driveway and just seeing them run out, go, Dad, Daddy, Daddy, was the best feeling ever. And yeah, they just... Now we're living our good life in Queensland. We get to go to Movie World. We get to go to Steve Irwin's Zoo. They just love. They just love their their life. That's why I moved up here. That's why we made the decision to move up here for our children, so our children can grow up and have a good life. And that's why we moved here in the first place because there's so much more opportunities for them in their life. Um. So look. What I'm trying to get out today, I know they've probably taken a sidetrack with a few things, but all I can say is that if you're becoming a father, if you are a father, or if you're not a father yet and you're just you're not even thinking about it, this is what it's like to be a father. I'm hoping that some of the stories I've shared today are just show you how the ups and downs of being a father, the, the obviously ins and outs the emotions, the feelings um, that go through your body, that go through your head. You've got to stay strong in certain situations. You've got to know when to um, speak. You've got to know when to just listen. You've got to know when to show emotion. You've got to know when to hug your kids. You've got to know when to kiss them. You've got to know everything about them. You've got to know how they feel when they do certain things. It's just a lot, a lot goes into being a father. And obviously, I'm not saying being a mother or anything is any different. This is just my perspective on being a father. And all I can say is that it's the most great it's the greatest thing in the world and I can't wait to watch my kids grow and become 
beautiful human beings and just see what they do with their lives. It's going to be the best feeling in the world and they better fucking buy me a house. (laughs) But yeah, look, I hope you guys really enjoyed today's episode because I actually did. It was actually probably one of my most heart-to-heart episodes. I got a bit emotional during this episode, but um, obviously speaking about when I speak about my kids, I always get emotional. Um, but look, thank you so much for listening. Please, please go um, give my Instagram page a follow. The, it's um, The Nuggets Perspective. Give my Facebook page a follow. Obviously the same name, The Nuggets Perspective. Um, you can listen to this on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts. So please, yes, go give it a listen to, um, and I hope you all enjoyed the episode. Okay, thank you so much. Um, See you next week. Bye.